for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he alone, he alone, friends, is worthy of our worship. He alone, friends, is uh, worthy of our beings, of our lives, and why we live. We talked yesterday uh, about how God reveals things to us using the Holy Spirit, how Christ comes through that Holy Spirit and talks to us and makes a difference in our life. And I'm so glad about that. Uh, We're talking about, uh, Kevin mentioned how the Holy Spirit's a transformer, man. He feeds us things just at the right speed. We got to remember we don't want to grieve him. We don't want to quench him. And uh, Kevin's still with us. He's still out in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Doug. Yeah, and so Kevin's excited. He's got grandkids. He's got a son. He's been Kevin is on a little bit of a slowdown, which everybody needs. I just had my slowdown last week, and uh, where he gets to see some family members. So pray for us too during the holiday seasons, folks. We we try to zero in. We travel so much. We try to zero in on our kids and our families and and yeah. stuff like that. And we'll keep on praying for you guys, and uh, we'll do that. So Kevin, we found ourselves today talking about this idea of spiritual growth. We're going to see that in our verses today, John 16, 16 through 18 are the verses. And when we think about spiritual growth, a lot of things come to mind. Second Peter 3, 18, a, a verse I think Kevin covered. I have it in my notes here. I try, I try to look at my notes. I never do it the way I should, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Blessed are they which do hunger over in Matthew 5, 6 and thirst after righteousness for they shall be filled. And, and so, Kevin, here we are. The verses are just simply pointing to that there's a, there's a blessed state you're in when you, when you want God, when you hunger for him, when you really want him, when you want to learn about him, when you want to uh, dig in. It, it reminds me of, you know, many years ago, I think it's been 41 years, and I had met Debbie, and, and, and man, I thirsted to know her. I wanted to know everything about her. Well, shouldn't God be all that much and more? We should thirst and hunger to learn about people and to continue on. And and I think, Kevin, that's what this is all about, is just growing in God. Yeah. Yeah, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and I will pour floods upon the dry ground. Um, I'm just I'm quoting from a song that I heard a choir sing years ago, but it's, it's from the scriptures. And uh, God does. You know, his spirit, spiritual life um, is like water, and water is a type of the spirit. John seven thirty seven. out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should afterward receive, for the spirit was not yet given, for that the Son of God was not yet glorified. So that was, um, as a memory verse of mine years ago, but that, that whole notion— of spiritual growth being as a result of thirst. And the interesting thing too is salvation oftentimes comes because of the spirit. In fact, it always comes because of conviction. And I've heard it said, no conviction, no conversion. And conviction is really the spirit of God giving a thirst for something 
better, something different, some, you know, whether it's a thirst for cleanness because you're, you, you have a sense of filth or a sense of acceptance because you've been uh, trying a performance-based acceptance, whatever it is, the spirit of God gives a thirst for what's only found in Christ. Cause again, like we talked about yesterday, he points people to Jesus Christ. And then once we're saved, that same thirst comes and causes me and you and if you're out there listening and you've been through some kind of a junk where your your growth is plateaued and you're you're kind of bumping up against the ceiling because of some things that you've seen, some things that you've experienced, or even things that you've done that were bad as a result of some things that were done to you, well, guess what? The Spirit of God it's still so gracious. He's called the spirit of grace and he comes and gives us a thirst. And that thirst is what causes us to again, say, Lord, I am parched. The, the, David put it this way. My soul thirsteth for thee and longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And, um, I'm thirsting for the, you know, the water past the pirate saying, and that's, that's the kind of thing that, Doug, I never want to lose sight of. Lord, please keep me thirsty. I will find water if I'm thirsty for it. But uh, sometimes, you know, God does salt our oats, and I'm great grateful for that, that uh, we we do, we're rendered thirsty when we're kind of filled with the things of this world. And, and uh, that's what going to church does. We need to go to church where we hear the, um, what's it say? Let thy speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. So when we get a hold of the salt of God's word, and uh, the fellowship with God's people, it causes us to want to come back and get some more of that good water. Yeah. Last week I was uh, I was in Hawaii. You just get so excited. You're out on the water. You're whale watching. You know, my son and I took this uh, huge catamaran tour looking for whales. And everybody's like, you're crazy. You're not going to see any whales. And uh, <laughs> whales were jumping all around the boat. They, one of them almost jumped up on the boat. It was so crazy. But anyway, you're not thinking you're, you know, I'm all around water. It's 82 degrees. There's water everywhere. There's waves. The boat's rocking. You know, we're having a great time. And I wasn't drinking the water I needed. And before you know it, I realized, hey, wait a minute. I'm dehydrated. Well, I don't think there'd be anything worse than being spiritually dehydrated. Forgetting to load God in. Forgetting to open the scripture. Forgetting to pray. Forgetting to, I think that's even worse than physical dehydration, obviously. And we see in Colossians 1 and verse 9 and 10, it says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might work, walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing into the knowledge of God. And, and, and you know, Kevin, the important thing there is where God's talking about, you know, about being worthy, of walking worthy. And what does walking worthy look like to you, brother? Walking worthy would be walking, you know, the, the steps of Jesus Christ, a walk involves one foot in front of the other and if i if i am walking i mean our worth is jesus christ so the walk that's worthy is a spirit-led walk 
you know, as I've heard it said, a right relationship with Jesus gets you to heaven, a right relationship with the spirit will get you, get heaven on earth, you know. And so the the walk, the, the heavenly walk, the joyful walk, that's that's caused by and it's it, it's defined by walking like Jesus Christ. And and really, I was thinking as you were talking that there are times where, especially the Christmas time of the year, where we get so busy that you, you just kind of you kind of miss the Lord. Jesus is the reason for the season, but Christmas shopping, crowds, cars, all of those things cloud our understanding, cloud our mind. We get distracted. And, and I, folks, I don't, I don't want to be distracted long-term. I want to, I want to walk like Jesus walked. I want to walk worthy of him. And I want the smile of God. Well, guess what? I can think of many Christmases in the past where, you know, I, I don't think I'm a materialistic person. I used to be as a kid. Wow. Christmas, you know, can't get wait. I can't wait to get down there, uh, down the steps and look what's under the tree. But my, my life uh, still gets busy by material things and, and by other humans and so forth. But a relationship is this. I miss somebody. You know what? Uh, a deployed soldier says, I miss somebody. There's somebody I'm, I want to be with, and they're back home. And yes, I've got a job to do here, and we've got a Ford operating base, and we're spending Christmas somewhere else, and we're having a, as good time as you can do, and we're doing the job, and we're knocking it out of the park. However, I, as soon as possible, want to be done with this and get me, I want to walk, I want my steps to carry me back to where I belong. And let's, let's make, uh, let's make our lives always zero back in on that, the walk back to home and closeness again. Yeah, that's where it's at. And, and friends just zeroing in on that. I love, I love the term there is, you know, is just, uh, zeroing in, tuning in certain things in your life, making sure that you're running on all God cylinders, you know, that the Trinity's working with you, that your heart is on fire for God, that you're making a difference. And, and, and boy, spiritual growth, it, it's just a result of all that. If you can put all that together, the result is spiritual growth. If you can put all that together, the result is being a pretty good person. If you can put all that together, the result is, you know, probably most likely having a great church life, having a great family life. And, and don't get me wrong, there's knuckleheads among us. We get that, man. I, I live by my theory. You guys have heard it a hundred times. 50% of the population are total knuckleheads. I get that. But folks, you don't have to be one. You don't have to be that guy or that gal. You get to be the cool person. You get, to, you get to be the cool person that people want to hang around with when you have that spiritual growth that only God can give. And boy, he gives it to you. Hey, listen, we got to let the radio stations do what they do. We'll be right back. return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
Well, folks, as we continue to move forward with a study on the life of Christ, we still find ourselves in the book of John. We're in John chapter 16, starting in verse number 16. We're uh, going through verse 18. We remember a few things from chapter 16. We know that this is leading up to the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We we think as we read through this and talk about it, what the disciples must be going through and what they must be thinking and how Christ is ministering to them. And, and that ministering is still happening to us today. And starting in verse 16 and going through 18, it says, In a little while ye shall not see me, and again a little while and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then some said some of his disciples, among themselves, what is it that he saith unto us? A little while, and you shall see me, and again a little while, and you shall, uh, I'm sorry, you shall not see me, and, and again a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot uh, tell what he says. So there's confusion going on. And we, and we talked about this idea of spiritual growth. So we know there's some confusion going on, but Christ is teaching. He's going on. And, uh, he, he knew Christ knew that his disciples, you know, had questions They were going to deal with him. God knows all that. And, uh, and he, he's giving them this idea. There's going to be weeping. There's going to be lamenting. The world is going to rejoice. Now those are terrible things. When you look at those verses, knowing that our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ is getting crucified. And yet the world is going to rejoice. And I think, you know, I try to think of things in modern times or things that come to my memory. For those of you who are old enough to remember September 11th and not long after that, within a couple of weeks on TV, they showed Osama bin Laden laughing, watching the videos of the World Trade Centers coming down and laughing of all the good the United States has done and how they can punish us and, and ruin us so that we'll want a false God in our lives. And, uh, and, and boy, that's so, it was so hurtful to me, but that's nothing compared to those you've died for those you've been crucified for those you've come to earth for deny you. And, uh, and, and it goes on and it, and it, and it continues. You know what I did? I moved ahead to tomorrow's points. You see guys, this is what happens. I'm telling you, uh, when your brain doesn't work, but, uh, <laughs> But we know that uh, there's going to be a too many helicopter crashes, brother. <laughs> we know there's going to be temporary separation reunion. We know the disciples are confused. Um, we know that the spiritual growth is this is lack of understanding that that underscores Kevin what we need for our spiritual growth. And we just gave you, all we did was I gave you a little bit of a highlight on where we're going tomorrow yeah. and how we should trust, it. how we should trust God's promises, Kevin. And there's so much there. Spiritual growth will bring you to a place where you trust God's promising spiritual growth will bring you to a place where you're no longer confused with what God has for you. Spiritual growth will bring you to a place where you realize just what God and how the whole Trinity is doing for us, right? Yeah, that the, you actually said some things I thought fit real well. When when nine uh, eleven happened, America was not only hurt by the attack, but the waiting period afterwards. And of course, the war protracted, and that was just a a mess for various reasons. You know, really twenty years, but the 
the the immediate things like Osama bin Laden showing up in a cave rejoicing and, and all that kind of stuff, that, that was a test for America. And what Jesus is saying here fits that because he said, a little while you shall not see me. Again, a little while you shall see me because I go to the Father. There was a 40-day period where Jesus went away. So the physical relationship that they had with the God of eternity was 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 um was trimmed back because Jesus was gone and the spirit of God was spirit of God was not yet inside of them. So as it were, they kind of went to an old Testament style without the indwelling yet of after the post Pentecost indwelling and without the presence of Jesus Christ, that that's a gut punch. Now it's a test for, by the way, 40 is the number of testing in the scriptures and it's, the same way with us, there are times where Jesus goes away. He's not gone, but he takes a step back. He's still inside of us, but he he withdraws his presence, that that the feeling of his presence. I get it. He's present in every believer, but the the sense of his presence. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but this this text of scripture talks about the, you know, the response of the disciples was, what is this that he saith unto us a little while? We don't know what he's saying. They, they didn't get it. Well, when it did took place, they really didn't get it because some of them crashed and burned during the testing period. Peter, you know, he got, he messed up and, and, you know, he went out, um, he went fishing when Jesus was, was, uh, not present there. He went back to his old life of fishing in the in the uh, in the lack of clothing that they that the fishermen used to use, like he did on those hot days. And uh, when the Lord showed up again, he was like, "Uh oh." So that was an example of I think what it's easy to do, Doug. I do this sometimes. The hardest thing in my life about trials is not the impact, not the towers falling. But the testing afterwards, when it looks like God has abandoned me to the will of my enemies, well, guess what? The Psalms is over and over covering that. God, where are you? Uh, you know, forsake me not. Make me not ashamed. Don't let me be turned over to the will of my enemies. Well, that's testing periods and over and over, you know, Moses went up into the mountain. He was there 40 days and 40 nights. While he was there, it says, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, up, make us gods which go before shall go before us. Uh, it's exactly what you were saying, Doug. We turn, people turn to their gods uh, when the real God has withdrawn himself. And as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. We have no idea what happened to him. So basically, if my pastor hasn't called me and he hasn't shaken my hands like he used to, if, if, if I haven't gotten my daily, you know, someone holding my hand, then I'm just going to have a hissy fit. I'm going to quit on God, quit on the church. Don't do that. Don't let what junk was done to you in your childhood jade you toward what God authentically is doing in your life by way of growth. <clears throat> and that growth does include periods of of withdrawal. You know, he's a God that it says verily hideth himself. So there are times he doesn't forsake us, but he hides around the corner. 
I'm reminded, Doug, when I was in a mall one time with my kids, my family years ago, we saw a woman. Uh, no, we first of all saw a little kid about five years old out in the just running around the, the where several wings came together, kind of at the the X, the, you know, marks the spot of the mall. And he was just kind of running around, looking at places, looking behind the fountain, looking behind the the earring uh, vendors, you know, booth. And he he was just freaking out. Where's mom? And I thought this kid's lost. His mother has lost him. And then I saw around the corner, I'll never forget this, a young woman in her late 30s looking around the corner, you know, just with an anxious look. And and so I went to her instead of the kid and I said, Is that your son? And she said, Yes. She said, I want to find out what he, he'll do if if I'm not here. And I just went away almost in tears because I said, Lord, that's what you are doing to me so often. You are hiding yourself and waiting for me to make it move so that I can grow by by trusting God at where I can't trace God. And that's part of it. Yeah, that's good. And, and, and you know, wrapping this thing today is probably in the best part, trusting in God's promises. Uh, just as the disciples had to trust God. Uh, so do we. We trust in his promises. We believe in his promises. We grow from those times when we're lost and we're wandering around and all we have is God. And can I tell you something? That's all we need. Hey, listen, folks, we sure do love you. We can't wait for you to come back tomorrow. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.